how long is your hair, Bob? Would you give me a figure? Are we talking top of the butt crack? Uh, yeah, probably top. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right about there. Right about there. Yeah, I'm right at the nape for me. <laughs> Zach? <laughs> well, mine grows straight vertical up, so... I like it, though. You've been using yeah, the headband to kind of slick the, it back yeah. so that eventually it'll kind of grow backwards. And you it can kind of becomes do, an afro after time. Well, yeah. Bono's hair is kind of curly, but then he kind of straightens it on purpose, and it's all greasy and wavy. Yeah. Yeah, Bono so you could kinda, do that. Yeah, he tries to look like a mafia henchman with his like slick back hair. And then he runs in the city and goes, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. He, Hola. Thinks he's, he thinks he's counting in Italian when he goes, Uno, dos, dos. trace, catorce, <laughs> 14. 14, that's right. <laughs> I think, I don't even know if that's 14. It sounds closer to 14 is, yeah. than four. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it's definitely not quattro. So, like I was saying last time about the mowing, uh, I think we need to get our heads mowed probably at some okay. point. Unless yeah. we all have decided that it's just cool to have long hair. Yeah. I am definitely not mowing my hair. I can never have hair as long as Bob's. Bob, what if you did this? Okay, just hear me out. Mm-hmm. What if you just mowed the top of your head, but left the side hair to grow long in a ponytail? Yeah, I really feel like moving you know, more towards the mullet area. Yeah, the vibe, I, I just the vibe should, be, should be business in the front. Uh, Leave that party for the back. Hold on, wait. Have the business in the front. Just, I'm, not, I'm not a mullet guy. Let, let's just say this. <laughs> let's get the party out of there. Let's just say... Picard on the top, Monk on the side, okay. uh, Jeff Rotol on the ponytail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Willie yeah. Nelson on the braid. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh Native American you, on uh, the string. Oh my goodness. We can get you matching Ario Speedwagon t shirts and ZZ Top on the go. beard. Yeah. And we're all set. So <laughs> <laughs> do the Martin Luther haircut, but just keep it growing. <laughs> like, don't stop. Oh, uh, man. Go. All right. So, um, yeah, are we guys ready to start? Are we guys? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just using the, pl- the, the royal plural. <laughs> that is the proper old English. We're not British, so we don't have to. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, buddy. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the Houseplants, Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. Hold. 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 And we're-, we're here to talk about music. Media and the mission of Jesus. And guess what else we're here to talk about? Cricket. Fun Cricket. things that Cricket. are fun. <laughs> Banjos. <laughs> like a caw in the background. Nobody has any. So, so yeah, um, before we get into our worship, I, I'll just say that um, uh, we're going to be talking about some cool uh, small group type stuff. Um, and... Uh, just want to say thank you for everybody for hanging with us during Corona. I know it's a tough time, so we appreciate all of you listeners sticking with us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Zach, we're going to do some worship tonight. We're going to go back to a standby hymn. You know what my favorite worship song is, though, right? Not my hymn favorite, but my Oh, real, yes. It's which is, um, Lord, I Need You, which is by Christian Stanfield. I think is, it's by Matt Maurer. Christian. Oh yeah, Matt Maurer. That's right. Or Passion or whoever decided that they were going to put their name on it. I think you're, you're right. Christian Stanfield was part of the mix. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, they right. both have a version of it. Christian Stanfield has recently really brought it Passion, to, to, to the uh, to the forefront once again. Passion songs uh, typically have like 
eight million writers. So, yeah. yeah, it's like oh, oh yeah. we were like forty of us in a room, and anyone I just kind of stuck there. my name on it. Yeah, anyone yeah. who was there gets credit. It doesn't but, matter if yes. you if you brought us nachos. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. yeah, that's right. But but somebody has to be the first name, and that's the one who often gets credit mm-hmm. within the industry. Christian who is, Stanfield J. Who's Willie Ann Wildebeener? Oh, I don't know. He's our janitor. Oh, he, he wrote his name as the writer of the song. Well, was he in the room when we wrote it? He yeah. does get credit. <laughs> that is fair. He was there. Yeah. So. so we're going to do the uh, the hymn it's based on, which is I Need Thee Every Hour. Um, it's classy and it is. It's a classy. It is. I like it. It is definitely a classic. Uh, but we are going to, of course, do a fun, upbeat uh, bluegrass version of it because we love to uh, tinker with the hymns. So with no further ado. Here we go. Thou bless. 
That was awesome, fellas. We're not going to stop doing this music thing. Yeah. That was really fun. So, Bob? Yeah, buddy. you tell those listeners what we're about to talk about and then uh, lead us into prayer, man? Sure. Yeah, well, we're about ready to talk about uh, different ways of taking our small groups deeper. Um, this is kind of focusing much more on the mission of Jesus side of things. And one of his the, his final and arguably greatest commandment was to uh, go and make disciples. And small groups is often how our culture has chosen to, uh, to really try to implement that. And so looking at ways to do discipleship better. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's dig into a little bit of prayer with that. Daddy, we thank you so much for this, uh, for, for these men, uh, for this opportunity and for, for your wisdom. I ask that you would, uh, that you would be with us, uh, during this conversation, um, and let this conversation be constructive. Let it be building up of your kingdom. Um, and, uh, and, and let it be, uh, let it take us deeper deeper into your will, deeper into your word, and deeper into your spirit. We thank you how you continue to bless us every single day and how you continue pulling us closer to you. Your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Fun times. Oh, yeah, we're talking about oh, fun yeah. stuff today, aren't we? So, yeah, um, we love it when Bob feels inspired to lead a podcast. And so we love to hear because, you know, we've Why is that? here's the thing, Bob. Yeah, we have spoken far and wide about your note taking okay? <laughs> <laughs> your multi page note notes that you write. He's and an you avid, not, avid note provider. And he did not disappoint. In <laughs> fact, he 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 spared the um, titles. We usually do like intro song prayer topic or whatever and he just wrote his thing and it was already two pages so i was like well i'll just put intro and song in it's there. a thesis <laughs> but you know it's so, all good so um so yeah uh i'm excited to talk about small groups because yeah um you could argue that the current church i go to is essentially a home church small church kind of like combo um because we are very focused on the scripture and we kind of go through book by book um and then of course i've been Along with Zach, I'm sure, and Bob, uh, we've, as a part of all the ministries we've been involved with, we've been in so many different small groups. Um, one of the other small groups I really liked was um, Berea Baptist Church had this, like, uh, mm-hmm. men's study thing. And typically you see those a lot in church, like a women's study and men's study. Mm-hmm. But this one sure. was, this is what the scriptures say how a man should be, like, a rep- representing what a man, man should be like in the eyes of the Lord. Gotcha. And it was very, very good. It was like, you know, kind of went through all the different ways that uh, we can be our best selves, represent, uh, be supportive, be strong, but also be uh, dedicated to the Lord, be caring. It was great. So so, so that particular yeah. study was much more about um, not just understanding scripture, but applying uh, it. Applying, applying it more it. to your yeah. life and yeah. arguably holding each other Accountable well, account- a little bit? being accountable is, is, is great, but also I, I liked kind of the way that they put it and I'm mm-hmm. not going to make waves on the podcast or anything, sure. but I, I liked how they were saying that like the, the ideal image of what like manhood should be yeah. was severely yeah. skewed today as opposed to however many years ago. And sure. so a in- Proverbs 31 husband. <laughs> Ephesian, no. I'm just, so, so the the whole the whole scheme of of what mm-hmm. I guess I would say is uh, the the thing I took away was that um, God, just like so many other aspects in our life, God had lined out 
kind of what our responsibilities yeah. are as men sure. uh, in the world and, and how we can uh, forget that. Um, and so it was, it was really just directing us back to the scripture, which I like, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know, we'll get into it, but essentially um, I've gotten a lot out of small groups and I wanted to hear from you all a, a small group that you liked Absolutely. or yeah, that yeah. you, that you kind of thought was sure. helpful yeah. in some way. So mm-hmm. yeah, one of you all. Yeah. I can share do. what I'm thinking about. Go um, ahead. Yeah. I remember after I, after me and you kind of got onto a rotation at Northridge when it was mm-hmm. like me and then mm-hmm. you and then, and then Jake, yeah. um, they, I think it was like me and Jake and Tommy and a couple of other guys started meeting once a week and we did like in the morning, right? We would meet. No, we met like a Wednesday night or something like that, but oh. it was like we were challenging ourselves to like, um, develop like our leadership spiritual like our spiritual um source of leadership (laughs) like our relationship with god then that flows into like being a disciple in our everyday life yeah and so that was Hmm. that was good i think for us discipleship's a it's it's a thing that a lot of people talk about but not a lot of people really dig into so i I like anything that really digs into what discipleship is sure right yeah all right what about you bob uh, probably, probably one of the most imp- impactful ones was also uh, during our time together, where the three of us were at the same church, uh, Northridge, um, where we had a there was a Wednesday night study that I was oh with, yeah that one was for good. for, for a long, long period of time. Yeah. We kind of went through a lot of different things, but what I liked so much about it was that because of the length of time by which we were together, um, study after study, topic after topic, you know, we kind of began to do life together a little bit, you know, and it really allowed us to dig deeper with one another and. Uh, began to try to challenge each other in various ways, and so yeah. I, I and I so I really appreciated that aspect of it. I mean, we, we've already discussed already. We can jump right in, but sure. we've already talked yeah. about three different uh, small groups. Yeah. I mean, for all different purposes. There's kind of the life group. There's kind of the study group, mm-hmm. and then there's right. kind of like the topical focused. Yeah, group. Yeah, and there's yeah. A, a, a groups that are ex- exclusively based on accountability, not even about yeah. teaching or learning together, but just yeah. purely get together for accountability. Yep. My wife has one of those specifically that she really, really treasures. One of the things I appreciate about, um, Asbury seminary, you Mm -hmm. know, um, is that they, they push us to have that, um, yeah, that source of accountability. See, and it's funny because different aspects of our, what I I would say, like are the different, like worship full experiences Mm -hmm. of church. Like, um, for example, I would still call a like prayer group, a small group. If yeah. you, if you all get, Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I would call like a, what I would call almost like a jam night, like a worship yeah. night group. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we met once a month to do worship music together, I'd call that a small group. Um, so yeah. But, yeah. but, but each one of those has a very different purpose and intent in the process. Yeah. Even in this small room yeah. of our three man small group where somehow it has gotten to be boilingly hot in here. Um, mm-hmm. we, Such as Kentucky. I would call, I would call this podcast a small group in its own way. Um, in many ways, it is. We definitely hold each other accountable. When two or people. more gather? When two or more <laughs> gather, boys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Bob, let's just jump right in, man. You sure. got the floor, my friend. I okay. give you permission to speak. <laughs> oh, well, well thank- after I interrupt you once. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you, Colin, for, for, for that permission. So <laughs> I need to, I need to stop talking. That's my, that's my self rule for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so what are, so kind of what we have here is some different ideas, different ways in which we can, uh, w- which we can dig deeper. And so the first one here we're going to talk about is more along the lines of teaching. 
And um, and so for those groups that do kind of do more study oriented and of some capacity, whether it's a devotional or really digging deep, um, one of the biggest things to, to, to concern about when it comes to digging deeper is first and foremost, don't be afraid to challenge your group. Mm. Um, and so kind of um, oftentimes. A hold lot on, of, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to like stir the pot over here, Bob. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do here? Challenging me. Yeah. All right. I'm big man in the group. Okay. <laughs> you ch- you challenge me. You get the horns. Yeah. I think the leader the leader of our small group is whoever can beat the previous leader in hand to hand combat. Oh, so. gotcha, gotcha. Or thumb roar. Whatever. Well, that explains why I've never really been much of the leader of the group, oh, so to speak. No, so, no, no, no. <laughs> so, um, so what do you mean by challenge? Well, um, a lot of times when we go into a lot of these studies, many of these studies tend to be very, um, I, I would argue, to be surface level or f- focus more on milky, uh, feel good topics. Uh, well, Paul, Paul would say milky. Yes. Yes, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and multiple times in multiple uh, pieces of scripture, Paul uses this idea of meat versus milk. Yeah, he, uh, he criticizes the Corinthians towards the beginning of, the, of that mm-hmm. book. I think in chapter two, maybe it's towards chapter three. He really challenges them with the idea of, you know, you should be eating meat, but you're not ready for that yet. I still have to feed you milk because you have not matured enough to consume the meat. They keep goofing up like about little dumb, like uh, rudimentary stuff. And he has to keep coming back and being like, seriously, Paul, Paul, whenever I hear that passage, I imagine Paul speaking like Ron Swanson. You all need to be eating meat. Listen, son, there's only two foods, meat and everything that's not meat. I don't think you understood me, right? I want all your eggs. I want, I want all your breakfast meat and eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, why would you tell me this is a steak? Why would it say steak on your menu? I don't know what to tell you, sir. Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. I know what you heard was give me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was, give me, me all, all the bacon, bacon and eggs. eggs. You <laughs> Do you understand? That's Paul. So, yes. So, 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 yeah. so digging in and getting some meat is, is actually really important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, mean, that, that might mean digging into some harder topics, some more difficult things, some things that are uncomfortable, yeah. um, some things that are really challenging. And what is challenging to one person may not be challenging at all to another. So you need to be able to, uh, to, to, to recognize that a little bit. I think, you know, we, we have this sense in the church a lot of the time that, oh, we need to kind of keep things on a seeker level. And I think the fear is that if you, if you push too hard, like that'll be, you know, going off into a challenging realm and people mm-hmm. won't want to hear that and they, they won't stick around. But I think that it, you know, provided that you're doing it in mm-hmm. the right way, that's actually challenging. You know, in a way that people can actually listen to it and learn from it. But but also relate to and find interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that more people can go deeper than we tend to typically. I think we yeah. undervalue sure. people in our congregation a lot. I, I, I think yeah. th- there are some of us that really enjoy some really deep theological yeah. ideas. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about, about yeah. deep stuff like, like, like how do we handle... I mean, I would even go as far as uh, that sometimes even addressing things, um, some, something as simple as anger can go very deep and yes. be very yeah. relatable. Not over somebody's head, but just challenging, not not at the level of like, you know, um, what did John the Baptist eat and where? <laughs> More of like, well, how's this how's this scripture hitting you personally? Yeah. Like, let's talk about this. I, I, I've, I've, I've yeah. found topics on homeless on uh, on sexuality. 
yeah. to be very uh, to get very deep and be very interesting. And people want to know what does the scripture really have to say yeah. about this stuff, yeah. and how is it often viewed by different groups? And I mean, and 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 these type of things they can be challenging. They can be uncomfortable. Right. But they can also be very deep and be very rewarding for a group. So, Bob, another thing I want to uh, sorry, I'm making jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another thing I wanted to make a mention to, because you mentioned like just going into something as rudimentary as like anger and things like that. Sure. So, if, Zach, if you remember this, I don't know, if Bob, if, if you were a part of this or not. I'm trying to rack my brain. Sure. Go ahead. It was the Bentleys. It was you and me. It was Jessica. It was Wayne and Marianne. And I'm trying to remember who else was there. Bob Bethany may have been there, but um, do you remember when we did the small group at Marianne and Wayne's place before they moved? Yeah. I was, I was not there. We were, if it was right before they moved uh, to to Virginia, I would have been in China at the time. Okay. So I think part of it was like, maybe you guys were in a small group and we were like, well, who's going to do a small group then I guess. And so I just Mm kind of threw something together, Mm -hmm. but a lot of what, what I did, and maybe this was just where I was personally, but people seem to like it, was I just said, um, everybody bring a scripture that you think reflects this. And I would say like loss mm. or anger or sadness or something. Ooh. And so then everybody would come yeah. with a scripture and read it. And then we discuss right. what God is saying. So what, about you were, what you were doing was you were assigning homework. Everybody had to go home and then write a little Bible book report. A little bit. Come back. Just a little bit. But then eventually what it spawned into is that I said, uh, who, who wants to, who wants to pick the topic that like, mm. let's, let's pick the topic for next time. And so what it turned into was almost as if like we were searching the scripture for answers to whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was more of like a seeky seeking style as opposed to like sure. teaching. I guess the yeah. Bible was teaching us, but oh, no, no, we weren't actively, was. we weren't actively teaching. No, but, but there wasn't one person preparing a lesson. Right. Though, right. But you as a group were. were actually digging deeper and right. looking for yeah. things in the, right. in the Bible. You weren't just going through a, an idea you were right. digging in. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. So, but, but the, the, the double-edged sword of that is that you don't like, like for me, like even today, I would say I'm, I'm still pretty young in my like understanding of the full understanding of the scripture. I know that's like, I mean, I'm doing a Christian podcast. I should know a little, but what I mean is (laughs) compared to a lot of people that know about, um, end times prophecy stuff, uh, people that know about, um, like the, the, the real meaning behind traditions of the old Testament, like things, things that I have never, ever. Well, again, that's, that's doing more of like the analytical side of things. Right. So when Um, you get a teaching thing, I would almost prefer that somebody that's more experienced than myself kind of lead us through and help me to understand more. And so it's like, I mean, that one was more for us to do like almost like a, uh, our own digging versus somebody mm-hmm. leading us through. And I think there's positives to either one. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Which actually brings up the next point. It's the fact that it's okay to just to go through the Bible itself and not use a book from the latest Christian authors that are okay. out there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, if you mean not purchase a Christian book from a Christian <laughs> bookstore, no, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Francis Chan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he writes some good oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, I wonder and, what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, I think he moved to, did he move to China or he, he went and he moved somewhere as a missionary. Oh, recently. did he? Okay. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I was unaware of that. should look this up later, okay. but cool. Yeah. But I mean, but, but on, on that note, I mean, I enjoy those books, but we can just, you can just go through the Bible itself. Maybe, maybe topical, like what Colin was talking about, or maybe even just a straight one book at a time. I've, I've got a Bible study that I'm part of right now. And it took us about two to three years to get through the book of Hebrews. 
I mean, we went wow. verse by verse, and I mean, and just really dissected. I can definitely just, see where that going book through. would would take a really long time. Oh, it was yeah. it was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, because you're digging into the Jewish mindset, because that, mm-hmm. and a lot of ideas that some of the other uh, the, the the other New Testament books really don't bring into play. You know, one that we kind of did for a long time. I mean, we go through we go through the books of the Bible pretty like steady pace like we'll do like a chapter or two every every time we get together but um the one that we kept coming back to a lot was daniel Ooh. and the reason we came back to daniel so much yeah. is that daniel is like the, the connecting point of like yeah. the future and the past and mm-hmm. oh yeah all, i mean you well, know he literally references the four armies he references yeah. you know and uh he does the, the battle of the five armies oh right yeah of course <laughs> It, what, what would what would the Romans, Babylonians, Assyrians, and uh, I'm trying to think, what would they be like? Elves, oh, dwarves. The, yeah, <laughs> the Urukai. I guess the uh, Romans yeah. would be the elves, probably. Anyway, so <laughs> back to and there we go, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. So um, <laughs> I'm working on getting my footnotes shorter. So uh, so what I was trying to say is that Daniel got us got us uh, to pause partially because every chapter you almost are like referencing several other parts yeah. of the Bible, which makes you dig deeper, which is what oh, yeah. Bob was talking about. Um, what's interesting again, is that I had, I have people in my church who are former pastors uh, and former uh, higher up staff people who have gone through these things and know what they're doing, you know, done the sure. research. And I personally being so new to end time stuff and like kind of, still really learning about mm-hmm. uh, where the different references to end time stuff are in the uh, mm-hmm. old Testament and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating for me. So like, like I said, it's, it, you know, I think a small group really comes down to where the people in your small group are in their walk when they enter the small. Group. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, 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 and unfortunately not every small group does have those higher level or very experienced um, leaders in their communities. Sure. And so in those situations, you know, you might want to research and maybe pick up a commentary. It doesn't have to be one yeah. written in 1500. You know, I mean, uh, you, you, you can choose one that's much more modern, written in the last decade or three, you know, if you want it to. And um, th- there's a lot of good material out there. Um, or, or maybe even a book that's designed to literally go along with the book of the Bible you're going through. Yeah, there's tons of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's a, a, a ways to assist and ways to help you as a leader, as you're digging deeper with your group, to kind of to kind of look for new ways to to, per, to perceive this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, more and more these days, too, and I just thought of this, um, video is becoming like if. Um, oh, yeah. It, um, a lot of churches have a subscription to a thing called Right Now Media. Have oh, you heard yeah. about this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy that. They, they got a lot of good resources out yeah. there. Your church has it. I know mine does too. I think a lot of churches are very cheaply subscribed to um, this mm-hmm. service. And I think anybody who's got like a Roku or Chromecast or something, you can just log in. You, you can ask your um, pastor about it. and um, it's, it's, it's usually a the, site license. Like, like, like as if your yeah. church subscribes to it, then everyone in your church, Anyone is, on your church should be able to use it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, definitely look into that because video can be a great way to springboard a discussion, you know, yeah, just a little 10-minute video at the beginning or something. Absolutely, kind of yeah. give you an introductory to, to the topic at hand. I'll just say this, though. Um, every now and again when I've watched, uh, I've been in a small group where there was like a like a big, long video, and sometimes I can feel like I get like sort of lost, like or I'll, uh, I'll feel like it's getting like a little slow or boring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The Numa ones weren't bad. I mean, 
I, I, well, they were shorter. They were shorter. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think I think that is important. Keep that's just me personally. Short. It's just Keep me it personally. I, I mean, this is a personal thing of mine. I a do, lot of people pay attention just fine. I would agree. The shorter ones often are better because yeah. they're just kind of like a little introduction, and you gotta and you get more into discussion. I'm trying to remember way. the guy that was was doing this one video thing we watched in a small group, but he was like doing the whole thing where when he made a point, it would like come up on the screen, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to like take notes. Yeah, and I was like, ugh, this feels like school. I don't like this. <laughs> anyway. No, but, uh, but there's, there's also the idea that a lot of people are afraid to, uh, to ask questions, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, it, uh, almost like they're afraid to, uh, to dig deep because they're afraid they might be questioning God or, or, or something oh, yeah, along that, yeah. that line. Um, and I really want to encourage people to, to go ahead and ask questions. Ask, ask the difficult ones because, you know— God's big enough to handle our questions. There's a difference between questioning the text and questioning God and his will. And so and I think that's a distinction I think a lot of people don't always seem to make. See, the the, the thing I, we've always said, which we've said on the podcast before, each one of us, is that a struggling Christian is a seeking Christian, and that Absolutely. is always a good thing. Yeah. The, the, the issue is once you feel like you have firmly and definitively like understood the scriptures, you don't need to seek anymore. Um, you are going to be in a place of uh, almost stagnant faith, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll feel like you're you're comfortable. But re- I mean, that's that's the point. Like you said, uh, uh, I can't remember who mentioned this about Israel. What's the de- what's the definition of the word Israel? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Israel. It, it literally translates when when Jacob was was given the name Israel in Scripture. This is our mm-hmm. heritage as as followers of Jesus. You know. I mean, when Jacob was given as, as adopted members of, of, of into the kingdom of God as Gentiles, you know, Jacob was given the name Israel. It literally means to struggle with one who struggles with right. God. Wrestles with God. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, one who wrestles with God. Because it's literally what he did. Yes, exactly. John Cena. Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, and um, um, <laughs> I, I, what's. See, people often are like, oh, man, Jacob stood no chance. And I was like, I don't know, though. At the end, the angel's like, well, I guess I got to use like superpower, like hurt him in the hip or else he's not going to be able to. I'm not going to give up until you bless me, was his, was his, was his statement, you yeah. know. And they yeah. wrestled all night and long. the angel's like, yeah. oh, snap, I, uh, I better just uh, cheat and hurt his hip. The, uh, <laughs> Low blow to the hip. Jacob, Jacob was like the undertaker. And like when you thought he was like down, like uh, suddenly his arm would just like raise Smash. up. Yeah, or like uh, <clears throat> the angel put him in a coffin and then yeah. put him on a semi truck and tried to scratch match. him. And then he oh punches goodness. through the coffin. Oh my goodness. Boom. Ah. <laughs> 90s WWF references. Or uh, Mick, oh, Mick no. Foley gets thrown into the table. Oh, you think yeah. he's done. He gets oh, up. Oh, no. All right. So. <laughs> Unbelievable, McMahon. <laughs> so um, I will just say, uh, to go back to Rob Bell a little bit, like, I'll even be this controversial on the podcast. I'll say. There was the big controversy of his book, Love Wins. Love Wins, I remember that. And yeah. uh, and I still think it's very controversial. However, however, I don't believe that raising questions that drive people to go and read the scripture is bad, even if those questions are not biblical. Like, for example, if I said, mm-hmm. well, why wouldn't uh, the thousand years just be like right now and not mm-hmm. later? And then somebody's like, what are you, an amillennialist? That's wrong. And then you're, it's like, no, what What if we're living in it right now? We just don't know. I mean, yeah. look that up. And then you're like, I will look it up. And you're like, oh, okay, he's wrong. 
I, at, <laughs> I, I, I believe that that's not right. So uh, what I'm saying is that that is a reason to go and like read yeah. the scripture, right? And so even though some authors can seem like a, that's a dangerous place to be, I would rather be challenged in, in a wrong way mm-hmm. than not be challenged and assume I have it all together. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, I've got a book by Richard Dawkins on my shelf. Um, mm-hmm. I made sure that I did not actually... Uh, pay full price for it uh but instead it was kind of given to us um right. I, I my goal was not to um to assist him financially in his works but i do want to understand his arguments i do want to understand where he's coming from so that i can be prepared um as as, yeah. as, as the scriptures tell me to be i believe it was second peter who always who mentioned that that to always have an mm-hmm. answer and paul also mentions elsewhere i think also to have an answer do you, you know, have your Ravi Zacharias right next to you, the Richard Dawkins book? I think we've intentionally placed them in separate parts of our bookshelves so, <laughs> so as to not confuse um, right, anyone right. who might be looking at bookshelves. Wait a minute. You put Dawkins right next to Ravi. You view them as being equal. No, 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 no. Our Christian education goes here. Our fiction goes over there. Okay. okay. <laughs> throwing, throwing that shade. Gotcha. So yeah, I, I, think, I think we got it sitting right next to Bethany's manga. So, <laughs> but, but either way, the, Dawkins, the, but the point, the anime, <laughs> but the, the, the point is, is, is that, you know, we do need to understand, we need to go, go deeper, have those, not be yeah. afraid to ask the questions and say, you know what? I might not know that answer right now, but let's, as a group, if someone brings that up a, a deep question and say, well, Dawkins says this, what do you think? It's okay to say, you know what? I'm not sure what that answer is. Kind of what, 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 what Colin was talking about, you know, not being, not being too stuck, yeah, stuck yeah. in your ways and shutting them down. Sure. You don't want to shut down the conversation, but say, you know what? Yeah. Let me go research that. We'll come back to that here next week. Yeah. And I think um, like one of the things that I'm so glad to uh, be able to use is just the little phrase. I don't know, but let's look into it. Absolutely. I will research this and we will get back to each other. God's big like, enough for these hard questions. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Cool. All right. So, um, Bob, we talked about teaching and receiving teaching. What about um, our next little topic here? Uh, relationships. Okay. Well, I'm going to reiterate, reiterate this, uh, the general idea here of don't be afraid to create some challenge with your group here, even when it comes to relationships. Um, so challenge doesn't have to just be educational challenge. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so let me, let me, there let me make be. sure I'm understanding this correct. I'm like an 18 year old, uh, guy single and i go to a small group and there's just like the a cutie there and I'm oh yes that's relational yeah, yeah. and then she I, I and then she's getting at. yeah yeah right yeah. so relational so then i go over there and i'm and, she, and i'm like hey what's going on and she's like hey i've got a boyfriend i was like i'm gonna challenge you on this um <laughs> you're gonna take me you're gonna go out with me on a date and i'm just i mean this is gonna be a struggle for you but i mean this will be for your personal in the growth. end like you will benefit from and then the girl goes huh Oh I never goodness. thought of it that way. Oh <laughs> Bob, is, is that what you mean? <laughs> so, so no, no. The idea here of, of challenge when it comes to relationships might be the challenge to ask, ask some difficult questions, ask some very personal questions. Uh, uh, Zach, I think one of your more favorite questions is, how is it with your soul? Mm. And, and you picked this up from, uh, from another great theologian, if I'm correct. That's a John Wesley thing, is it not? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you, I, I noticed you, you use that quote quite a bit. I love it. I love how it. How is it with your soul? How is instead it with of, your soul? Instead of just like, imagine if you are, uh, you know, at a, um, at church and let's imagine that we can have donuts and coffee once again at Ugh, church before, me. um, before, uh, 
service starts, you know, the food is now kosher and clean and safe. So we're allowed to actually partake. Oh, okay. You're meeting with someone over coffee and you just say, um, Hey, how you doing? Oh, fine. Like, um, someone had suggested a while back, like you should, you should use the John Wesley quote. How is it with your soul? (laughs) Just out of the gate. (laughs) How's your soul doing, Colin? (laughs) No, 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 no. But, but, but that one, five out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that question has a very different idea. As a very different idea than uh, than how are you doing, right? Because how are you doing is just a general greeting in, in America. It's almost the same as, you know, in the Western world. It's like, hi. It's basically yeah. meaningless. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Whereas how is it with your soul? That one kind of, you you got you, you actually have to listen to those words and think differently, come with a different you answer. You can't just be like, it's fine. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, but also what, what do you, another way of saying this, what are you struggling with, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What is it that you're struggling with? Now, not what's going good in your life, but what is it you're struggling with? Yeah. Dig well, deep into each other's lives. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I understand why the context of which you would say, how is it with your soul? You guys have just discussed that. But I almost wonder if like, if you gave like a lesson or something and said, all right, how does this feel with your all soul? Like, how do you, how are you guys receiving this? Is it mm, like, So like in a small group setting where yeah. you've just discussed the scripture. Yeah. How, is how this, does this sit with you? How yeah. is it sitting with your soul right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, I like that. It's weird because yeah. I've actually disagreed somewhat. Sure. Uh, with certain, you know, things that have been, or have been brought up as topics. Uh-huh in our church, but our churches, we are blessed to have a church where we can disagree. And it's like almost like more loving than it is like hateful. It's very great. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost as if like somebody go, somebody says something to me and I'm like, man, I just, I really don't, I do not agree. I, I, I know that the, the, that scripture says that, but there's a lot of other scriptures that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. confront this idea. And then he'll say, Oh, well that's, that's fine. It's okay to disagree. I would just say, you know, in your free time, check out these scriptures. Yeah, and just yeah. see how see see how your soul feels. See about how it. that sits with you. How so, does that hit you? So, so wait yeah. a minute, you, Connor. Are you suggesting we don't have to live in an echo chamber? We absolutely don't. And in fact, I would make a further argument that if you love someone, you should challenge them, but in love, like not with grace. It's like two two episodes ago. It's not really about trying to change someone's mind, though. It's more about like trying to um, both understand what's happening. Well, no, what I mean is like if, you know, so we're going to get into actual like relationship relationship. But if you have a strong relationship with somebody and you challenge them, they're much more likely to receive you know, oh yeah, well, we, we've talked about this previously in the idea of judging that you know that you can't really bring up issues yeah, with yeah. people until you actually have a relationship with them. It takes, it takes. Uh, I've said this, but it takes some um, uh, dedication and it takes time to w- personal time. You kind of almost have to sacrifice yeah. your personal time to, to to make relationships work. And in a small group, it's especially important because. If you're not trying at all to make any relationships in your small group, what it turns out to be is just a one hour uh, listening session and then you leave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you, you know, you got to like you said, you've got to challenge yourself as well as other people by engaging with them instead mm. of just sitting yeah. on the sidelines. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say. So there's an investment. There's also an element of risk there because when you yeah. put yourself out there, um, befriending someone you know they could uh they don't necessarily have to reciprocate you know so it gets kind of risky i would say like um you know and and somebody made a point i think it was christy duncan who made this point actually we've had her on the podcast before 
that um, sometimes churches feel like it's it's everyone in the entire church's responsibility to be a social butterfly and, yeah. and do all the things yeah. that they need to do uh, to incorporate or, or like be the first one to talk. Um, but I would say this, I'd say that's not in everybody's wheelhouse. Uh, but for somebody like me, who, Absolutely. who is very outgoing, yeah. I, I almost consider it like if somebody's new to a small group or I feel like somebody hasn't really had a chance to have their voice be heard and I'm leading, I like to make it a point to gracefully give them yeah. an opportunity to speak. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or at least encourage, yeah, yeah. like, even if they say like two words, sure. try and like bounce stuff like if, if, if get, Zach's get some sort of feedback out of him yeah if Zach's the if Zach's the silent one and I say I don't know Zach uh what do you think what do you think they mean when they say uh locusts will burn these fields you think they're talking about like locust bugs and then you go I don't know I guess they're bugs so that's weird right because they have faces like angels on their face or do, do you know what scripture I'm talking about I think this revelation. is uh, yeah yeah you're talking yeah. about revelation yeah and yeah. it's like wait they have women's faces that's that's not a locust is it and then no, no, it's a cicadas locust. definitely don't have women faces <laughs> no, <they certainly> don't. <laughs> yeah. so like then you even though it's mostly me I try you know well uh, I, I will say this it's not necessarily that it's in, it has to be in your wheel wheelhouse to uh, be the social butterfly and engage in like the conversation with everybody. But I think even for the people who are um, more of the introvert, I think that they often find that they have deeper relationships with fewer people. So it might not be, um, Mm -hmm. it might not be that that person clicks with me or with Colin. It might be that that person has their own friends and they're in a small group together. Right. And that's where um, that, sort of relational risk can be. It's not all about um, trying to like elicit talking all the time. No, but no, I think, I but I think that you can, when you're, um, when you're in that space with people that you know, that you can trust, yeah. you know, then you have the ability to go deeper. I guess that kind of brings us into the next point um, about um, keeping it small. Yes. Right? That often absolutely. is a huge benefit if you're wanting to take your group deeper. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, and I, I think that's, this is an important point because in order for people to be vulnerable, they get, there needs to be that level of trust. We, we talked about that mm-hmm. with, with uh, Colin, you brought up that, that that's up, right. you know? And so that trust Intimacy it, is, the it, thing. It, yes. it, it's, it's, yeah. you're not really going to build a ton of trust over just six or seven weeks. You know, this is going to take months if not even mm-hmm. years of consistently the same people and only those people. And so keeping a group small is important. Keeping it, in other words, keep it intimate and so that you can be intimate with one another. We'll see. Um, and I, I kind of got off track there, but what I was trying to say before about um, a, a more outgoing person like myself uh, in situations where I feel like people aren't being included, even in just like a yeah, friend, a friend yeah. circle, even. Yeah. So I would I would go out of my way to invite someone to do something like I you know like with Zach the mm-hmm. I asked you if you want to go and get breakfast the one the first couple of times we hung out, it's it's more about like do I it, as a Christian being in ministry together with somebody and helping them to grow, mm-hmm. it wouldn't it be nice if we knew each other on a personal level as well yeah, as a Christian level? Yeah, sure, that's I mean that's a big part of it. And in small groups you can get there if like you said they stay small. Yeah, the problem it's kind of hard to do that when you have like thirty people. When you have 30 people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Jessica has made this main argument too, that um, a bigger church, you can fade into the background. You definitely can. But she even recognizes that that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You you sort of, you sort of lose interest almost. Which is why even most, most good, healthy, large churches 
are going to have these type of small groups yeah. purposefully. Purposefully so that you can dig in deeper together. Yeah. That's right. So I was I was reading um I was reading about the temple um recently and uh, the temple in Jerusalem the way it was set up was it had the outer courts, the inner courts and then like the inside of the temple, then the holy of holies at the center. Sure. And so you're going from these outer rings into intimacy with God. What I find really interesting about that is um, the closer you get to the center in that situation, the more intimate the relationship and the more exclusive it is because you got anybody can be in the outer courts like it. You didn't even have to be Jewish. It was for like God fearers. Right. And then you entered the inner courts if you were part of the covenant of Israel. But then like if you wanted to go further inside, only the priests and then the Holy of Holies, only the high priest, only on certain days, only after ritual cleansing and taking all like the right steps and everything. Extremely intimate process. And because like if you look back at the days of the tabernacle, when they were trying to figure this out, they didn't do it in the proper way. The high priest would go in there and they would die because yeah. the presence of God was so holy. Absolutely. So there was an amount when you get into that intimate of a relationship there's a um, amount of risk involved. So it's like a, a relationship between a person and God is like the most intimate possible relationship. Right. It's also in a way the riskiest. Absolutely. Because God is so holy. Now we have Jesus that gives us a free um, ability to approach God freely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think the principle still applies that like you're going to get more, intimate with a more smaller group mm-hmm. just naturally. Yeah. And, and, and this might yeah. mean that you have to be, as you point out the word, ex, you use the word exclusive. Yeah. There's okay. some excluding. And, 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 and that's, yeah. that's a very negative word in, in, in our culture. Yeah. But here I, I, I want to emphasize that there, there is an exclusivity there. And so some of, some of you, some members might actually want to bring their friends to this group and get them involved. And may, maybe, maybe there, there, there might be a place for that, but I would actually be more inclined to encourage you, encourage that friend to start his own group with his friend. Yeah. Encourage that. I'm sorry. That include that. Encourage that member to start an own his own group with that friend and a few others. Yeah. Create their own exclusive group. And the reason why is to uh, is to make sure that your group can stay intimate. Because if you've got some very intimate things going on, some very private and personal things that you're talking about in this group, and yeah. you bring in an outsider who's only there for a couple of weeks, and he hears about some of the things you guys are struggling with, and now that goes off and just mouths off to uh, to whoever about what's going on. I mean, th- there there is a level of intimacy that's been violated. Yeah. There, there's some yeah. real violation of privacy that's going on there. And so right. you've got to protect your members in this way. Yeah, and that oh, that makes me think about the the holy of holies thing again because yeah. imagine if like anybody the at holy that, of holies if anybody at that point was able to like enter the center of the temple then anybody could just say i heard from god and you know what he said and they could like get it wrong <laughs> uh-huh. so there has to be like measures of accountability surrounding Absolutely. the person who like gets to hear from god yeah so so, so if joe yeah. has a friend that wants to be part of a group maybe encourage yeah. joe to start a group on, at a different time on a different day because you don't want to exclude joe just because he has a friend that wants to be part of it now he now joe will have two he'll have your group that he's already been part of and he'll have one that he himself is leading his friends through as well. Hey, Joe, where are you going with that Bible in your hand? <laughs> I remember 
Dude. Me and you jamming on that song one time with <laughs> yep. a couple people. Oh, yeah. And I got to play bass, I think, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. So much fun. So, yeah. so, so next thing, the idea is, is maybe consider choosing a more relaxed location than a church building. Um, because mm. many people, uh, I mean, the more relaxed people are, the more intimate they'll, they will be. The more open they will be. Yeah. And not everyone finds a church building to be relaxing. Maybe consider meeting in someone's home. Yeah. Um, Good idea, I say. It's still legal to do that, that right? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean. I mean Topical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. Th- th- places are opening up. Places are opening yeah, up. Yeah. And, and, and even if you don't meet in someone's home, maybe you can meet at your uh, home and you meet remotely until you can meet in somebody's home. Bob, places are opening up. That's fine. But are As- people opening up? Okay. I'm talking about. <laughs> Walls thicker than Jericho. Okay? Well, well, that's what I'm talking about, Con. We got to bring these walls down, baby. We got we got to bring them down. You know, break break these walls down. Open people mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I'm I think I think silly. that the home group is. I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know if that's the best for everybody. I don't know that one thing works well like across the board. But I would say for me, definitely, like I feel the most um, Relaxed, able to open, open up with people yeah. like in somebody's living room. Like that's always. And, you know, that also gives you the chance to practice hospitality, too. Absolutely. And maybe yeah. in, in that same share vein. Share food. Yeah, sh- yeah, share a meal together. Yep. You know how much teaching Jesus did over a meal? Mm. I mean, there there is something biblical about that. And, I, and, 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 and There are a lot of things biblical about that. Yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> there's a lot, there's yes. a lot of scripture. <laughs> there is a lot of scripture. And so I, and I think people just tend to be very much more relaxed and open when they're eating together. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really do. Um, we should practice the reclining like Jesus did, you know, when you would like uh, sit around the table, the table was like a couple inches off the floor and then we could all just like kind of do the lean back like, with lean your back hands. Other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. And, um, and also <laughs> Jesus preferred tables with only one foot legs. <laughs> he was a carpenter, but he was like, a carpenter. So he knew that the lowest tables were the most stable. Yeah. Yeah. So he would say, <laughs> yeah. he would say, I don't care what other tables look like. Okay. When I lay down my table, everybody has to sit around it and talk. They can't just get up and leave without being awkward and almost like falling or slipping as they get to their knees and then have to stand up. So they end up just hanging out and talking with me. Okay, ministry, <laughs> the carpenter's ministry right there. So, so yeah, so, so eat together, you know, and, and, uh, be together and then recognize, uh, the other one we have here is recognize when there is conflict or issues and be willing to talk those out together. Um, and so, so, uh, Colin, I, th- I think you had something to say. Oh about this yeah. One? Yeah. So, um, as far as conflict goes, let's say that me and Zach fundamentally disagree about conscience, let's which say. we do. <laughs> Dang! No, we we came we came closer to, we came a lot closer together once we really talked it out. But um, originally, I was on the side of saying that conscience is another way of just saying your opinion, and uh, Zach was like, "Well, if your conscience is like your human ability to like feel and reason, then God can change it and make mm-hmm. it good." And I said, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's the Holy holiness. Sp- I said, no, the Holy Spirit does that. And he's like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so then we went like a, like a turnaround and a turnaround. But essentially a conflict becomes a discussion, which becomes a mutual growth situation only when you're, you have uh, the 
drive to keep the relationship strong. Mm -hmm. If your only goal when getting into a conflict is to be right, which seems to happen way too often in our day and age, then you end up losing the relationship, but gaining uh, victory the in moral the debate, high ground. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I so, have the high ground. Yeah. You don't, can't win. <laughs> don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> you underestimate my <laughs> dead. So, um, <laughs> so, so one of the things that I think a lot of people should remember is in outside of a small group, just in general, which I, I don't know why I have to even say this, but when you have a disagreement with somebody that you actually want to have a discussion with instead like like how do you turn a disagreement into a discussion is to show grace yep. patience mm -hmm. and also caring for the other person the second you see them as a hurdle for you to be right over mm -hmm. then you lose more than the argument you lose mm -hmm. yourself yeah. you lose the relationship mm -hmm. and so to me the best place to start is to never ever give in to your first impulse to react yeah. and just spit out like the truth or whatever you think you're doing. So if Zach were to say to me, Colin, your conscience is this and God, you know, can glorify your conscience and make you whatever. And my first reaction is that's just what these people say when they want to like do whatever they want. Like, what have I gained? Nothing. I have basically made myself look like an ugly debater. But if I take a step back and I say, wonder if, you know, I care about Zach and I think that he's smart. And so I need to really crunch on what he's saying and come after taking a beat. I need to have a discussion, not a mm -hmm. debate. And so I think that's the, that's one of the best ways you can overcome conflict and mm -hmm. the script and what I've described, the scripture supports this in several, I mean, maybe we'll link some in the description. I can't just, I'm very bad at just coming out like, Oh, and this, 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 and this scripture. But, um, why don't you have more numbers and <laughs> references to scripture memory? Well, the one that I do know is, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if your brother sins against you, take him alone, mm -hmm. discuss mm -hmm. it. If, if that doesn't work, get a yeah. mediator mm -hmm. and get a few more people. So that's and, Matthew 18. If I'm correct, right. that's, I know a lot yep. about Matthew, but what I can say, what I can say about that is that that is a, a situation where one of you cannot drop the debate and makes it ugly. Mm -hmm. Then, you get a mediator. Yeah. Mm. But like if both of you are striving to keep a relationship strong and both care about each other mm -hmm. and use grace, there should not be an ugly debate at the end. I, I wouldn't imagine. So just something yeah. to keep in mind if you're ever yeah. in a small group, because there's been plenty of times I've disagreed with the, the two of you. There's been plenty of times I've disagreed with people in my church, but I've never once said, well, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. If you don't understand how dumb you are, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I don't want to be a part of this. I mean, yeah, it's very I silly. Think, I think also like, it should be like, Bob, what would you say to this? Cause I've seen this situation before. Okay. Two people go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sure. And it eats up the time that you have allotted for a small group and ah, other people don't get segue. to talk so much. <laughs> segue, what would, you, segue. what would you say about that situation? Um, well, I, I, I think, I think there is, uh, at some point you, you might have to step in and try to, pull it back to the main topic because usually yeah. those 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 uh debates i tend to find that 99 percent of the time 
they're on a side topic that was meant to be an illustration <laughs> yeah, for the main that topic. That does happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but it's yeah. a waste of time, right, Bob? No, 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 no. I would never say it's a waste of time. <laughs> I'm, we, me and Zach are feeding you your next topic. Yeah. We're segueing <laughs> you into it. Sorry. No, no, yeah. no, no, but you're right. Timing is definitely an important aspect <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of a group. And the fact that... <laughs> we were trying to tag team you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but one thing I really despise on most groups is the one hour time limit. The stagnation of it. I hour. hate... One well, with hour commercials, time it's 44 minutes. <laughs> a half hour block would be 22 minutes. That's right. Commercials. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then so, if you're on the 15, it's about 10. like a Tim and Eric. So it's about 10. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but the one hour time limit, I find to be very uh, limiting, very. Um, um, I feel like I'm in a straight jacket when I'm in a one hour time limit type session. Yeah. Mm. It, 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 you cannot really get deep with people in that time. You, you, you might be able to get deep with people, but you won't be able to get deep in scripture or mm. you might be able to get deep in scripture, but you're not going to have a deep prayer time with that. Sure. And prayer time is one thing that I feel like small groups sacrifice way too much. That's true. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. Yes. And yeah. So, so, so when we, we pray to go, what are your what are your prayer requests? And you spend five minutes on it. Someone says a quick prayer, and then you move on to the main topic. No, yeah. that. Sorry, I'm starting to rant here. Back up, Bob. <laughs> Bob, up. pull it down. Pull it down. So, <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. Don't <laughs> limit your group to just a single hour. I yeah. personally. I, I find that at least an hour and a half is necessary for a meaningful discussion and a meaningful relationship. An go. hour goes. Oh yeah. You also, yeah. I mean, one of the ways that I think that our church has done good is that like they kind of like plan a block of like two hours, but expect yeah. to be done like an hour and 20. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then if things go on, you have that like big cushion. Yeah. No, you're right. Plan for the worst. And then if you, and, 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 and so, and if you get done in an hour yeah. and a half, then that's fine. Plan for, I, I love the idea of planning for two hours. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, it, I think if I had to, had to go for an hour for a small group situation, what I would probably sacrifice is the like personal, like teaching portion, like where I say like, here, let me present the research point one, point two. Point three, and I would probably try to go more f- towards discussion, mm-hmm. like because, and yeah. maybe that's just me, but I just I feel like, it, like if that's all you can possibly have, like it's I more important to have like an interactive yeah. community. I don't, time. I don't feel, and maybe this is just maybe this is just how I feel, but I feel yeah. that like um, if I come in and I just talk at somebody for sixty minutes and then they kind of like leave not really like having yeah. contributed. Like I really, I guess I just value the participation. Absolutely. Quite a bit. No, no, but yeah. and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so this might mean breaking out of the traditional Wednesday night structure. Sure. Um, yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. That is completely okay. Consider choosing another location than the church building. Maybe someone's home. Right. Yeah, you we know? talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like we may have mentioned that, you know? And so so as a result, you're not limited to the church time. You're not limited to yeah. a Sunday night between six and seven o'clock or seven and eight o'clock. And, and coffee and, is generally better too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and this also this also opens you up to other times of the day. Maybe you yeah. might work second shift. And so you might want to start a morning group that other second shift people can be part of, or maybe even a super late group. You meet up at at, at 2 a.m. after your shift's over at Waffle House every night or, that, or every week. Take that every pastor who said nothing <laughs> good ever happens after 
midnight. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, but, but you know, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean in today, and this is the 21st century. Not everyone, this it works the, the, the classic nine to five job anymore. And so being open to that is, is very important. Recognizing and being and, and fitting into what your group needs mm-hmm. is important. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, like, um, there is kind of like a weird like balance between kind of finding what works best for your group as far as like a time and schedule and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And you get to a point where you're almost like appeasing individuals and stuff. Sure. So sometimes I've learned that it's best to just like once you kind of get a feel for what everybody's doing, you just say like, well, pro- maybe maybe not everybody can come to this. Yeah. And you just pick a time and a day, and you yeah, say, absolutely. this is one more meeting. If you can come, great. Sometimes it's better to just go ahead and take that step and yeah. have it than to not yeah. have anything at all. Yes. Well, well, well. If well, if we can't get all all, all everyone here, then we just won't meet at all. Right. And, and mm. No, and I, I disagree with that entirely. Maybe they maybe we you got your group might need to be two different groups at two different times. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from and you know not just small groups but just like other groups. I'm like in a gaming group with a few guys. You know, like, mm-hmm. like tabletop games and stuff. And one of the things we learned is that. You just need to commit and say, yeah. maybe you can't play this this time, but maybe like in yeah. three months, if your schedule changes at work, you can come. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what ended up happening. A few of the people that weren't able to come had like changed their schedule mm-hmm. and then hopped in in the next game. Yeah. They just came. Yeah. You know. Okay. So I have a question. This I just thought of this because we've mentioned a few times different ways of, of maybe having somebody else kind of start like a branch off group or whatever. Yeah. So... What would you guys say to this? Because I know that I know what some people are thinking. They're okay. thinking, okay, I'm not the leader of the group though. Like I'm not equipped. I don't know what I'm doing. How am I going to start my own group? I know what, what, would, what would you all say to that? Oh, planter. You're talking about being a planter, but not necessarily a leader. Or, well, I, I mean like there, I think there's probably people in your group who are going to say like, I'm not very confident. I'm not the teacher. Mm. I don't have the skills you know, Sometimes, I can't. What do you need to be able to start your own group? A willingness you know? to be together. Yeah. And that's about it. That's about it. Uh, I mean, once again, we got different groups for different mm. purposes. Maybe your group is just one where you just do life together. And, okay. maybe, and maybe you just have a devotional that maybe you might read out on a, on a Wednesday morning at a McDonald's on a regular basis. Bob, this yeah. is this is a question like um, a teacher once asked, "What is film?" Zach wants a specific answer. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm. Oh, uh, what like, do you need for it? Well, you just yeah. need willingness to. Um, no. Oh, really? Colin, no. what do you what do you Colin? What, what do, do you, you need for us? <laughs> uh, I would say that you just need to go out and find a leader who is competent. No. <laughs> what you need is uh, j- you just need a room in your house that's relatively empty with a table in it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> no, I know, because I know. <laughs> like. Because, yeah, I think I think a lot of people don't feel like they can start their own group. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is you can do it. Absolutely. You can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm, yeah. I, that's why I was kidding. Yeah, I was, it, it, the, a, the problem is that um, people ha- have a million excuses to, to not do something. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And maybe you start with the devotional and maybe you yeah. start digging a little deeper. And then you go a little bit deeper, dig a little deeper, and dig a little deeper. And so God first gives you a shovel and then he gives you a backhoe. You know, mm, bulldozer and then a bulldozer. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, how did this podcast really start? It was just me and Zach going, well, we can like say it probably won't work. We can just give it a shot. And then it ended up being great. So yeah. it's like what the, the, the thing is, and I'm going to get real preachy for a minute. If God, if, if God can see the willingness and the glorification that 
you know, he shall receive through what you're doing. I feel like God blesses you and allows these things to come very naturally. If they're meant Mm -hmm. to be, they're meant to be like, for example, um, a lot of our best worship sessions that me and Zach have had have been where we just throw the rule book out and we just like get up there and do like Mm -hmm. worship that we enjoy doing. And, and so there are a million reasons to, you know, you could sit around wondering about all the other details that could muck up things, or you can just, sometimes you just need to do it. You don't, you don't have to be a teacher to start a group, I guess. Absolutely. Yes. Like Colin, you had mentioned the group where we, um, kind of picked a topic and then went off on our own and kind of found out what we thought about. We were all teachers. There was no teacher over everybody. And you want to know why I did that way? And I've said this before in the podcast, I don't consider myself a, like a good, like theological teacher, but I'm a good motivator and I'll just, yeah. I'm a pinch hit leader. If, mm-hmm. if, if, if one leader falls apart and can't do it, I say, fine, you know what? I'm, I'll do it. You're a good motivator and a great conversationalist. So. Well, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I can at least keep the conversation going. Exactly. Even yeah. if it's uh, not necessarily on topic, I can keep yeah. it going. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll make a few last minute notes. I put the adaptable thing well, in there. So. Hold on. Before we get there, I did want to mention the idea of, of keeping the same group for a long period of time. Um, I I, I do encourage most groups to stay together for years. And I do mean years together Mm -hmm. because that's the way you're going to dig deep, deeper. Um, But that's what the understand. But I also recognize that many churches kind of have a rotating classes type schedule um, that start and stop at particular points in the year, especially like falling like a semesterly type schedule. Um, So this can't, so that this semesterly like start and stop can be good for some teaching programs. Um, and I, I've taught such programs. I've got such programs that mm-hmm. only work well in that type of that, that work well in that format. Um, is some that some that I've written, some that I that other people have written that I teach. But the idea there is that uh, those I'll admit they don't foster deep relationships. So mm-hmm. understand the purpose of what your group is for. If you're there for the program, then that's fine. Recognize that that's what you're there for, but you're not going to get relationally deep. But if you're there for the relationship, then recognize that you need to be together yeah. for years. Kara's, uh, Kara's grandparents had, and I think this was just a friendship, but I know that they went pretty deep with each other, but her grandparents had like another couple that they would play cards with every yeah. week. And they did it for like over 50 years. Oh, that's like, so imagine awesome. How well wow. you would like know somebody that's yeah. so awesome. at that point. And so I think, whenever her grandpa passed away, they like sent a um, floral arrangement that had like um, little playing cards, like sticking up out of it. Yeah. Like it's like a special thing, but it was like, you know, they just had known each other and supported each other, prayed with each other, like for just like years and years and years. I can't even imagine. We haven't been alive that long. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. yeah. See, um, so like, it's funny that you mentioned that because my grandma had a similar group and her yeah. like condo complex. Yeah. She used to play uh, tennis with them, but also play cards and stuff. She had a, yeah. a, a good friend named Marvelous Marge. <laughs> I was like, Mar- <laughs> Marvelous Marge. That's awesome. So if you run into her in the grocery store, will you say into Marvelous Marge? I'm running. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shouldn't you run your cart into her? Um, I'll just say, I'll, I will say, uh, I will sum this up because I know we're out of time. I added a little thing about being adaptable. and Yeah. Of, we've already really talked about all the aspects of this already. But I'll just say that over all the other subjects we've discussed, just remember that change is not a bad thing, especially when you feel stagnation, when you feel mm. uh, weird conflict things, when you feel like maybe your numbers are going down, like you're only like four people and stuff like that. Sometimes it's good to get a fresh perspective and that sure. can 
appear in a lot of different ways. Yeah. One which can be like uh, you allow somebody to kind of take over leadership roles for yeah. you, or maybe you have a guest come, um, or you change completely the dynamic of like what you're doing it, from sure. a from a seeking group to maybe a teaching group or like mm-hmm. a study group or whatever. Yeah, devotional group um, to to more of a deeper study. Be willing to respond to what is happening. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. so uh, you know, and and kind of. So, so, so just put because- your, put your hand on the pulse of, of your small group. Keep a, keep a close eye, uh, for those opportunities when Use something new marketing could strategies and focus yeah. groups. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I'm going to get the guy from Mad Men to come in and he's going to be like, see this old model you've been dealing with trash. I hate it. And like knock it over. <laughs> so, so we're going to make the small group want you as a leader. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, I mean, that you can try something new and don't be afraid to do that for a period of time and just give it a shot and see, yeah. see what your group thinks about that. Which is why I'm here to announce at the end of the podcast episode that we are going full on metal podcast. We're going to be talking about <laughs> shredding and the latest <laughs> bands. <laughs> we try it up for a few weeks and just see how we do. So, still, still gonna have worship, but it's gonna be mostly striper and some pillar. And yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm so, but yet. but Colin, I really do like the idea of like switching up who the, who the leader is necessarily. It's, that, it could be really good. Yeah, where although you may have had one leader for like four or five years, you know, maybe switching up from every week someone else leads that particular yeah. section mm-hmm. might be really really good. It also gives those individuals a chance to become a stretch out and exercise their leadership abilities and show them that, that they can potentially, which might give them the confidence to maybe start their own group off the side. That's true. Once again, not to get rid of them from that group, you should stick with that group, but start a secondary group of another section by yourself. Well, I mean, churches work the same way. You have associate pastors and stuff that will, or guest pastors that will come and speak or somebody uh, who has never really spoken gets a chance to. And then suddenly uh, maybe a few years later, they have that on their resume Mm -hmm. and they are maybe being planted as a pastor in a new church or something. I mean, it's what it, what it really comes down to is that we're, I mean, the being adaptable has all to do with continuing to see success in the small group Absolutely. To, to better help your community to glorify God and to learn about God. Well, and so that, that, that is arguably a definition of discipleship in of itself. Yeah. And so if we, if we uh, are always willing to try something new in order to keep the success going, then we'll always have like a, we'll, we'll always have an answer when things start to feel weird or go wrong. You always Absolutely. have like something new you can try. Anyway, that's all I had. Cool. I love that. Yeah. All right, guys. Bob, great job as always. Congratulations. Um, great ep. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, um, we want to say thank you to everybody that's listening today to the podcast. Uh, we mm-hmm. thank you uh, for picking us in the times of Corona when you're sitting at home or maybe you are essential and are still working. Or, or, or maybe this is a couple of years from now and you're just going back and because you saw the title of the episode. Or maybe you're an alien and you're studying the human civilization. Hold on. <laughs> eight, eight years from now on Alpha Centauri yeah. because it takes eight light years for yeah, it to right. get there. And radio waves may maybe move the same as no, light? No, 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 no. Radio waves are much slower than light. Okay, uh, 78 well, year, years. It, Wi-Fi is probably even faster than that. So. Yeah. yeah. There's an episode of Futurama where these aliens are watching a show mm-hmm. from 1999. Single female lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> they finally <laughs> see the episode 3,000 years later. All right. So, um, yeah, we thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope to uh, hang out with you guys next time, and uh, we'll just say God bless. Yeah, buddy. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>